You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Radio Live. You're with Father Randall Kazel. Thank you for being with us here this morning on this great Monday, beginning of this last week of March. And we've had a great show so far. We have one last great interview coming up here. We welcome Colin Maxson from here in Rochester. Colin, welcome to our show. Thank you, Father, for having me on the show. Yeah, you're welcome. Colin, you're a parishioner here at St. Michael. Glad to have you and your family. And our topic is going to be on Catholic funeral planning. Uh, but before we get into some of that information, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Colin? Yes. Um, so I grew up in Toledo, Ohio, um, uh, Irish Catholic family. We grew up on the south side of Toledo. We're parishioners at our St. Joseph's Church, um, which was predominantly the Latin Mass parish in the area, aside from having to travel to Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I grew up in the Latin Mass, and growing up, I was also an altar boy, which kind of segues into how I became a funeral director. I used to be one of the main altar boys that they would contact for funerals that we would have at the parish, and the funeral home, um, Urbanski Funeral Home, that was predominantly took care of our Catholic parishioners would, he, he had asked me one day if I wanted to start helping them out at the funeral home. And at the time I thought, well, he, he drives a fancy car and wears nice suits, how bad can it be? <laughs> and it kind of, so what became was take care of the lawn, empty the trash cans, wash mm-hmm. the hearse, um, clean the funeral home couple months later was here go go down to the suit shop two blocks down get fitted you're going to start working visitations funerals uh-huh. and so it just it just kept the duties kept growing from there and i fell in love with it the more and more i did it um and then i had met my my wife now anna and i moved here to rochester and we we now have three kids of our own and and our happy parishioners here at St. Michael's. Yeah, it's great to have you here. It's great. Mm-hmm. Now you you work for a company in Rochester now. Yes, right now I'm a, a funeral director at Mon Funeral Home mm-hmm. um, in Rochester, and, and we have our Pine Island and Zimbrota locations as well that we serve our families. So we very very small community funeral homes, and and um, yeah. And I, well, I know you know this being uh, one who loves our Lord and loves our mm-hmm. faith and active in our faith. And, and I know this from having and working uh, even with you on funerals. Which yes. we, we had a funeral here last week. I worked yes. with you and uh, other Mon representatives. Uh, but how important is that time of the passing of a loved one? And the planning of that funeral and what mm-hmm. all happens. And, and if we can offer some advice to our listeners, some little points here sure. and there that can aid with that and aid in the experience of not only grief, but also in having uh, what, what can be a beautiful time of prayer to mm-hmm. bring a family together. Mm-hmm. So we can, we can touch on some of those things. So just in a general way, you know, what, what sort of things can we begin with that a, a, a Catholic family could look at or yeah. think about? in the passing of a loved one and funeral preparation. Sure. I, I think one of the very first things that we ought to think about is making sure that we do do our best when, when we can. Obviously, there are some times that death happens unexpectedly, but the last rites for someone's loved one. That's right. Um, you know, and in, in making sure that while they're still with us, that they receive that sacrament um, and they're not 
waiting until that person were to pass away because because that that is for the living person. Yes, it's it's not for after the person has passed away. So I think keeping in contact with your parish or or the parish that the person that may be passing away that that priest in contact um you know a lot of times unfortunately a lot of the kids now some of them aren't practicing yes so they and if and and i also think it's important too for for people to voice their opinions you know um as as me being a catholic my wife knows that if if i were to if i'm passing away and i'm on hospice or something that my wishes are to have those last rites so if you don't if you don't express your wishes to your kids they they may not know they may not be doing it out of you know just not wanting to do it uh, on purpose they may not know that's what you wanted and if they're not practicing themselves regularly that probably won't uh, come they won't, they won't think about it exactly they won't think of it and so that that's a great point to for parents to tell your children yes who may be <clears throat> aiding in the process mm-hmm. in the dying process or grandparents to tell other relatives yes. that you want a priest to come i want a priest to come yeah mm-hmm. and that's very important and it, and it's it's powerful and it's, and it's okay to talk about, you know, one, one thing we see a lot in the funeral home is people say, well, I, I don't want to talk about death mm-hmm. because of a superstition, for superstitious reasons, thinking if we start talking about it, oh, something may happen to me, that that notion has to be overcome. Yeah. Talking about this, you know, death, death can be sad for for us who are left here on earth without that person but as catholics and what we believe it it really shouldn't be a sad death shouldn't be looked at as a sad moment that person now um as we pray and have mass for them we, we're praying that they get then to go spend eternity with god that should be a very joyous and yeah, happy that, moment that makes me happy right right <laughs> I like that idea um so it it should be something we talk about more, and it doesn't have to be as taboo. But but absolutely, write it down. Make sure you discuss that with those who who would be taking care of you, mm-hmm. in in the times of you you passing on from this life to the next. Mm-hmm. And Colin, can you talk a little bit about this aspect of grief? Because I know in my experience, I deal I don't deal with death as often as you do as your mm-hmm. your funeral director, but we we work a lot together and right. I do I do have times of uh in, in times of grief with a family such as a, a relative passes away and part of the conversation as I'm there with the family and sometimes I'm there when the when the loved one passes away and right. they, and they say father what what do we do next? Mm-hmm. I, I, I've never been through. What What do we do? And there's grief, and then there are practical steps. Right. So how does that process unfold for someone who is dealing with the, the loss of a loved one or that's coming up? Sure. Um, the the process, well, and, and the process can be very different for some people. Some sure. Some people, after someone passes away, that, you know, if their mom or dad were to pass away, some take that and will will still be very methodical and logical and and sometimes the the grief aspect doesn't hit them until after mm-hmm. afterwards and and then some sometimes families are very emotional coming into the funeral home um so it's it's just it's it's finding that medium point to be you know as a as a funeral director we want 
them to be able to to grieve appropriately and and then on the same time we all, we also have a job to do because we're we're regulated by the state so so we have tasks and duties to do and and so it, it's a, it's just a balance being able to keep the family on a track but but not pushing them to where they feel like they they can't express any grief or emotion during the process mm-hmm. um, but you know kind of back to our point talking about this the the pre-planning aspect really helps the families that are having to make those decisions when when there's no planning beforehand mm-hmm. um, families come in and, and some well you know we don't know where to start or we know mom was a parishioner at St. Michael's but we don't regularly go to church or or practice and <clears throat> and even even those decisions we don't know what kind of casket mom would even like what kind of prayers or folder she wanted um, <clears throat> so talking about that with your family is is extremely important because the families that do do that um, their loved ones afterwards say how how much simpler and and just easy it was for them to know hey the funeral director knows what has to be done it will be done the way mom or dad wanted it and and they can focus more on what they need to be doing and what they're going through as a family spiritually and emotionally yeah that's great advice uh colin about the possibly doing a little pre-planning to get Mm -hmm. some ideas Mm -hmm. from persons who maybe closer yeah. to passing and and uh get some opinions or thoughts on that and and for families that have questions one of the things call call the funeral home mm-hmm. um even if it's not the funeral home that you may end up using the the funeral director i would think would still be helpful to your fa- family when families call us and they they may they may right away say you know we're not sure if we're going to use you but I, I still think it's part of it. It's part of my job. But I, but I also this is a corporal work of mercy that we do yes. as well. So, so while it is a profession, it, it's also, uh, I believe, a vocation. Yes, it is it's calling a- too. So, when family, you know, for families that may not know what steps to take. Hey, mom, mom was Catholic, but we don't, we don't really know what we need, what we need to be preparing for. Then the funeral director hopefully would be able to direct them. Have you called your local? Have you called your local priest? You know where where did your mom go to church? And hopefully direct them um, towards that. You know that that's part of why funeral directors have to study these these different not just Catholic but other religions to hopefully guide those families into the steps that they need to take care of. But especially being a Catholic funeral director, I, I do think it is my job to, to help those families make sure your local priest has been contacted and or or I'll call them. I, I've called you before with with families. Um, so it, just calling the funeral home too and, and asking for direction is, is a very easy step. It doesn't cost you anything and it will it'll help get families on the right track, hopefully. 
Oh, very good. And I, you mentioned one little point there. We had about a minute before our break, Colin. Okay. But uh, one little question I had before we go on break is, uh, now you mentioned it's a vocation, and mm-hmm. you certainly live it to the full. You do a great job. I know you're sacrificial in your service. But where, where do you see God in the work you're doing? Do you see how, how our Lord is aiding you or aiding circumstances or solving problems with you? I do. Uh, I mean, one of the big things I know God is always with me is because there there are times that funeral directors are put under a lot of stress themselves as far as sometimes with the circumstance of death is very someone who's very young or un, unexpected and and no, knowing I, I'm able to navigate and help those families I believe much better knowing knowing that God's with me and and he's helping me I just sometimes say I, I have no idea what to say but Lord just go into the arrangement room with me and help me take care of these people and somehow you work through it yes yeah i have those experiences too yes it's great to hear that from you as well and so listeners please stay with us we'll be right back after this break you're listening to real presence radio live we have colin maxson a funeral director here in rochester we'll be right back this is real presence live where the focus is not on the evil around us but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good we're local engaging and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, Please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. Did you know you can listen to all your favorite local shows like Awaken and Real Presence Live on any podcast platform such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Amazon Music? Just search for Real Presence Radio on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes in the future. And don't forget to give us a good rating so others can discover the shows. Listen to your favorite RPR shows anytime, anywhere by subscribing on any podcast platform. Just search for Real Presence Radio today. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Radio Live. Listening to Father Randall Kiesel, live from the Church of St. Michael at Pine Island, Minnesota. We're blessed this morning to have Colin Maxson, 
parishioner here at St. Michael, but also a Catholic funeral director here in the Rochester area. Colin, thanks for being with us. Yes, thank you, Father, for having me on. It's a pleasure. Oh, thanks for being with us. And we're, we're learning from, from your expertise and living our faith and living in this calling of, of being a funeral director. And uh, Colin, I'm going to throw out you a question of what I might call some do's and don'ts of, mm-hmm. of Catholic funeral planning. And can we go into some things that Catholics should think of to, to follow the teachings of the Church and some things that really we need to uh, avoid or, or to have an action because of what the church teaches? Yes. No, that, that would be a great topic to get into. So when we think of, um, say, the, the, the type of uh, um, presentation of the, the, the mortal remains of the deceased. Sure. And the disposition of, of someone. Sure. Okay. So what are the options that people look at now? So I know you see a lot of different possibilities. Mm-hmm. And what is, what, how does our church teaching relate to options for Catholics? Sure. Um, so, so really, the two options have there. There is technically a third, but but really, the two options have all are still the same. We have either burial with a casket or cremation, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes the cremation topic can get interpreted very differently mm-hmm. with um, different families, especially Catholic families, and. You know that while the church does permit cremation as a form of dispensation, the the teaching also says that as Catholics that er, that earn the cremated remains in their entirety still need to be buried. Um, kind of going so so if a family were to pick if a Catholic family were to pick cremation, um, as Catholics, we we ought to think about not separating any of the cremated remains into other um, little keepsakes that families can purchase, um, which is very common for families to do. Mm-hmm. They the, they someone you know if there's a child from out of town or other family relatives, they may want to take a little bit of the cremated remains back to their home um, or their or another another very popular thing that is done is families will pick certain areas you know if, if dad liked to hike and if there's a certain area he liked to hike or, or campgrounds campgrounds are very um very popular for families to want to sometimes scatter portions of the cremated remains over um it i think as catholics there are ways that you can still remember someone for for the things that you did um, with without having to separate the body, mm-hmm. um, because we we wouldn't separate the body if mm-hmm. it were to be in a casket. I think the same thought should, uh, because that's what we believe as Catholics go into. Then, if they choose cremation, that yeah. the that the urn be present at mass, and and that you still have the burial, as as if it were as if it were still the body present. Yeah, and so just to reiterate, then that the the totality of the cremated remains mm-hmm. would be buried intact. And, yes, and also uh, one other question that sometimes I hear is the intermingling of cremated remains mm-hmm. uh, between, say, uh, spouses that that uh, that that would also not be permitted. Right. No, there and and there are there are urns that that couples can choose that have been they 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 won't share the same. Space, space within the urn per se, but but the urns it would still be one urn with just two separate spaces mm-hmm. for for couples to be, you know, um, buried together with, and and that that is 
uh, pretty much this at the same as as if you were bar- you and your spouse were buried in a casket. Um, you would be either right next to your spouse at the burial space at the cemetery, or or right on top, depending on how the layout of the cemetery is. And if that's if that's something the family, you know, commingling should you know as Catholics should not happen. So there there are ways to still be with your loved one together mm-hmm. let's say we have any of our listeners out there they've they say they've had a catholic funeral mm-hmm. the one of their the parent was cremated but then they didn't do the burial for mm-hmm. some reason or another you know and they realize now like oh i was supposed to do that it is the church right. teaching that to do a prompt burial yes for the deceased including those who are cremated what what ought someone to do then or what could they do when they realize we should really have the burial when they realize they really should have the burial um i i would still contact the funeral home mm-hmm. and then that way the funeral home can help guide them and and then organize with the priest then to have have the burial as soon as possible and sometimes the family cannot afford uh, a grave site. Uh, how, right. how have you been able to help people creatively solve that problem? When when families when families are not able to afford burial sites, um, we'll we'll obviously be transparent with that with the parish. Um, some sometimes there may be uh, plots donated that parishioners may have donated to the church for those reasons. Um, or one of the other ways that we'll we'll try and do is also let the cemetery know that we we have a family that is in need of help. Um, and is is there anything you can do to to help us? Because the funeral home the funeral home does not would not make any money off of the cemetery spaces. So it's it's still in our best interest for helping those families get to that burial space. So and and you know sometimes one of the if um, the the you can contact the owner of the funeral home, and sometimes the funeral home will just take m- maybe take the the loss for the cost of mm-hmm. burying that person. Um, I don't always have that capability of making that decision. I wish I did, um, but but I don't always have that decision. But but I think being uh, and then other ways the funeral director has ways of contacting the county too. Sure. So while you may not be able to bury the urn at a Catholic cemetery per se, because the the county will only pay for sometimes certain cemeteries, mm-hmm. but but that's still a way to still bear, have your loved one buried the ground the ground that in which they're being buried and blessed by the priest, and have those graveside services. Okay. And Colin, that leaves me another question. We have about a minute before okay. we're concluding our segment. But <clears throat> what about the sad or and the, the the difficult time when, say, there's a, <clears throat> a an infant that mm-hmm. is a, a, a perhaps there's a miscarriage or there's yes. mortal remains from a, an unborn baby who's passed away? And how how ought parents to think about those situations? And grief is very difficult at yes. that time. Um, I I think. One thing to to remember is that it's still it, it is still a person. Yes, it, it's a baby. It is still a human being, um, and and you shouldn't look at it as a, a fetus or some or something other than what it is a, a human being that is an infant. So your so your decisions should still be the same going into the funeral home, um, and then the, and then the funeral director will will help the family. Mm-hmm. with with those decisions so so just know if that were to be the case that it's still still a human being um 
a gift from God. It's a baby, yep. and and we still take care of it as if it were an, an elderly person that we're more accustomed to. And many Catholic cemeteries will have a special place yes. for an yes. infant or a children's portion. So. Yes, and the, the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe and the Cross, they they have spaces for for particularly that, and and we've been in contact with them a couple times to to in turn the, the the babies out there. So so there are ways and, and there are spaces that cemeteries have set aside for specifically those little ones. Very good. And Colin, we're going to pause here for a second. I'm going to kick it back to Fargo, who's going to give a preview of what's coming up uh, today and in this week. Hey, thanks, Father. Great show today. Got another good one coming up tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, here on the Real Presence Radio Network. That's hosted by Heather Caro and Teresa Curley coming to you live from the Mustard Seed in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. They'll visit with Linda Reckling about living in the Father's Love Bible study. Then hear who won the donuts in this week's Honor Our Fathers. Plus, Reed Holiday will share his story from life in prison and addiction to surrendering his will to God and sobriety. All this and a whole lot more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That's Tuesday morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Right back to you. Thank you, Eli. Great things coming up here on Catholic Radio. And we still have here Colin with us. We have about uh, 90 seconds. Colin, can okay. you give us any last advice or encouragement for our listeners regarding uh, Catholic funeral planning? Yes, uh, I think maybe touching base on the liturgy quickly would, would be helpful. Um, some, I would say, especially for Catholic uh, funeral services, one of the biggest questions family will ask us uh, regard, regarding the eulogy um, while, while most of the time it's still left up to the pastor of the church, the I, I would say a, a great practice uh, a, um, to consider is having the eulogy after the mass um, at the luncheon. If, if the family chooses to have a luncheon, the it, it, there in in my experience, having the eulogy during the mass can sometimes deter or take away from sometimes the the spiritual aspect and and why we're why we're there having a mass for our loved one that's passed away um and in most of the time the topics that you want to say in the eulogy are are fun funny things and and sometimes they're just not really appropriate to be spoken about in in the sanctuary of the church either Mm -hmm. um but it also gives families afterwards that time to Gives them time to go ahead and finish your thought. Exactly. Time. It gives them um, a time during the luncheon. That's There's right. not this quiet lull of, oh, w- w- what should we do? So it just it has a much more natural flow to it. Amen. Colin, thank you for being with us. And may God bless all of you listeners out there. Until next time, God be with you, and we pray for each other. Thank God you, bless Father. You. God You're bless welcome. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.